welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dodson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dodson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? That's going pretty swell here on a Tuesday. College football is officially over. Done. We're going to see if some of these uh, LSU guys and Clemson players are ready to declare. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, another good game. Joe Burrow coming out. The clear 1-1 in Superflex rookie mocks, if you ask me. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what is it? The 20th is the day that they have to declare by? 20th. So, yeah. so we'll know by next episode who's coming out, who's not. Right. And we've got the East-West Trying Game practices going on this week. So we we'll probably talk about a little bit of that next week. This week, we're going to do, you know, since it was such a hit last week, which is everybody loves it, the rookie mock draft part one, we decided because this draft class is so deep, so deep, so deep, put that ass, you know where that goes, <laughs> nighty night time, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do the second round today, same thing as last week, first six players on the free episode and the last six players on the Nerd Herd episode, uh, had a pretty good bottom half of the first round last week, top half extremely strong and we got yes. some more players here to pick up off of where we left off and um like we mentioned this is just a one qb mock maybe i think maybe as we get a little bit more deeper into it we'll, we will do a, a super flex rookie mock draft that'll be fun you know because right now it's it, i would say the only people well we'll see because like jake Fromm, uh herbert. Jordan, yeah herbert i mean those guys are they can sneak into the first herbert most Definitely. Yeah, he's probably going to be top for, 10, I would think. Yeah, and from recently declared, so he's officially uh, yeah. Jordan Love. Yep. I don't know why. I just feel like from is like the perfect fit for New England. I don't know why. He just seems like a New England, like, go sit under Tom Brady for one year, and, like, you're not that good, but you'll run a system perfectly. I think from could be better. I think NFL. so. I don't think, like, a lot of people poo-poo on Jake from. Like, I think he's okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm not saying he should be a top 10 pick, but I, but I, I think he's worthy of a first-round pick. If you, if you need a quarterback. What's nice about the super flat aspect of it, like Herbert, Tua, and uh, Burrow will go in the first round of your rookie, rookie mocks mm-hmm. or rookie drafts. Let me put it that way. And that's just going to push this talent. It's three more players. Like all 12 players we mentioned last week are like, oh, yeah, let me get some of that action. All of a sudden, you're like at 108, and you're like, I just got Jerry Judy at 108. <laughs> This is, which is possible in a super flex. Absolutely. That's nuts, but that is possible. Yeah. I mean, there's some leagues where you can go one, two, three. Would you guys agree that Burroughs locked in as the one, one in super flex? I couldn't go any other route. It, the only way I could maybe even question it is if like the perfect situation for Swift happens, then I could see somebody debating it. I still don't think I could do it. I think it's Burrow. It's done and over for me. Here's how strong I feel about that. I'm in a league. I had the one-one startup league. We talked. I've talked about it. Right. I traded away all my run. I traded trade away Devonte Freeman for twenty twenty-first, which ended up being one-five, which is sweet in a super flex. <laughs> Jeez, um, and I have my first, which is one-one. And my only running back in that league is pretty much Sony Michelle. Only running back, and I traded my second, which ended up being two-one for Sony. He's my only running back, and I got Chris Thompson. I got you know Laird, and I think I got some other. Uh, Turdford, you right. know what I mean? It's some Snickers bar that I stepped on in between some bread sandwiches. But, like, those are my only running backs. And my quarterbacks are all young. I got Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, and Drew Locke. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about, you know, high, mighty players here, but all upside players. Right. 
Definitely, definitely Baker, of course. Um, and I'm without a doubt. So I could looking at it, I could easily come away with the best running back in the draft, you know, DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins. And then at five, come away with the second best running back in the class. And then I'm set because my receivers are good, my tight ends are, are okay. You know, sure. I, have, I have three young quarterbacks. But you can't pass on Burrow. But I'm still taking Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's so good. You can't pass on him. And I'll just take one run. You know what? You no, know I'll do. I'll just take one running back. My team will suck again. And then next year I'll get Trevor Lawrence <laughs> to go along with so team. many quarterbacks. You know, and it, it just goes with my belief of when these rookie, you know, your your scoring system is very important to your rookie drafts. And sure. a super flex league, if Joe Burrow turns out to be a top four fantasy quarterback, I'll get any running back I want in a super flex league. You know, I'll get oh, I'll, yeah, I'll get DeAndre Swift. And something on top, if I need be, I'll move up in the draft. By the way, your tweet last night warmed warmed to this area with the Joe Mixon tweet. Oh yeah, warmed I love heart. people like talking like I thought like I like at no time did I ever say in this podcast that Joe Mixon sucks. No, ever. but it just warmed my heart that that like publicly you acknowledge like love for him in the future. Yeah, he's a really good running. back. He's a really good running back. It just, yeah. I'm just he saying he had a terrible more. situation hey, this year. He still finished 13th on the season. Not too shabby. Saying. Just like I said, Major not combat. a running back one, though, right? Right. Oh one spot. That was he my. That was my. Got argu- you there. That though. was my argument. No, yeah. your argument was Duke Johnson over Joe Mixon. I was probably pretty close on that one, though, too, though. <laughs> well, if, Duke, if Duke didn't get shuffled around so many right. times, he would have been like 13, 14. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, dude. They were playing games with his heart. He'd be up in there mm-hmm. for sure. Running back eleven, probably <laughs> most like at least twelve at the at the low end for sure. No, I like Joe Mixon. I think yeah. Joe Mixon's like. You know what's funny, though, too? Like, people are like, oh, who would you rather have, Joe Mixon or 1-1? And people are like, it's clear as day, Joe Mixon, which is fine. Like, I don't know how people just make those bold you know, statements when you can just get a 21-year-old running back who is just in a, possibly a better offense than it's, Joe Mixon. That's that's the line that's really close for me is, like, would I rather have 1-1 or Joe Mixon? It's really, really close It's very – no, it's I, – I admit, it's yeah. close. But same thing, like, we, we talked about this before. Like, most people think this is crazy. So, 1-1 this draft class, to me, is very valuable. Because you're at the pick of, like, we have two really strong running backs in J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift at the top, right? right? And then we have some other running backs that could easily be the 1-1 in guys like Jonathan Taylor and Travis Etienne in the right situation, albeit, everybody's going to mention, Kansas City, you know? Right. I, I, I love how nobody talks about the Colts if one of these guys lands there, too. Col- it's Colts would probably ideal. be my favorite landing spot, yeah. honestly. So one of those two spots where then, we, you and I talked about this on the phone, Garrett, in a conversation we were just talking about casual dynasty is Dalvin Cook. Right, average of twenty points per game, absolute stud muffin. You'd be crazy not to say that you wouldn't want Dalvin Cook over any draft class. And to get Dalvin Cook, you probably have to give me two first round picks. But the way I said, it, I was like, well, yeah. I was like, I could get Dalvin Cook, who's had an ACL injury, who I love. This is not again. This is not right. this is not a Snickers bar that you stepped on and then put it between a piece of bread, and right. you know, it's not deceiving, you know. But or you can get somebody who's a couple years younger, that's right. never had an ACL injury ever, in a probably better offense <laughs> where it comes to fantasy production-wise, you're going to get equal to in a guy like J.K. Dobbins or DeAndre Swift. Yep. It's definitely possible. So, like, you know, that's the, that's the thing. Like, this this class, one, is special, but two, is, is so deep. Actually, I think that's the most special part about it is how deep it is, is, you know, like if you have the 101 you're thrilled but if you have the 105 you're still thrilled like you're very excited about the player that you could get at 5 yeah about 6 7 is where i start like i i stop getting like That's overly excited yeah. because 
I will pump the brakes on the draft class there. Like this draft class is really nice because it's deep and it's deep at like really high end position where usually you just have one to three guys, right? That are like, Ooh, that's that tier. And then it's like, okay, these are good players. And some of them will be good guys like Mike Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. But like, once you get to round seven, it's like, okay, now we're back into that. Like, okay. I like these, like Matt said the best, like pick six to like 18, like, well, not six, probably like eight to seven, eight. Yeah. Seven, eight to like in the the middle of the second round, you're good to go, man. They're they're, they're, You're getting a very similar player in in all those spots. And the draft will, the draft will certainly shake it up as well. And Mm -hmm. kind of define some of these roles, but it's like, this draft class isn't like, oh, at pick 12, you're getting a guaranteed stud. There's never going to be a draft class that does that. And it probably, in this draft will, but I will say this draft class will get a little deeper from that eight point. I think by the time it's all said and done, Matt, I think the top 12 will be pretty strong. His guy, I mean, he showed again. I mean, the more you watch him, uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh, I, love, I mean, love that you got guy. him at, a, at 11 mm-hmm. in, our, in, our, in our mock, and that's even looking even better today. I was literally is. watching that game last night, and I'm like, like man, I can't believe we had a lair at eleven. I was like, man, if I can move up, I would trade up a lot to get him. Like by the time it's all said and done, a lair. I bet a lair doesn't get past like seven. He might not, especially draft capital is going to be huge, seeing where where he gets drafted at. And uh, I would be shocked if it's outside the top three rounds. I mean, at this point, oh, he's too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's definitely a top three. You know, top three NFL NFL, yeah. NFL draft. Yeah, and he's still behind guys like we have him right now. It's Cam Akers. Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, we're all really Jaycon good Dobbins. too. So he, he's like, we have him at the sixth best running back. Any other rookie class, this guy's like two, yeah, three, for sure, right around there. Like I, I'm not sure I have him behind Cam Akers personally. Ooh, I don't, I don't hate that. I, I actually have when I, I did my, uh, my rankings uh, for some of these guys, and I have it finished out like completely yet. But uh, the difference between Jonathan Taylor at four and Edwards Alaire at seven was like marginal at best, like marginal, marginal at best. And that's why I don't get when like, people are like, you'll see people on Twitter and, and disregard this. We were like, oh, I can't believe you have uh, Jonathan Taylor at four, dude. What is wrong with you? It's like, dude, I like it's not doesn't mean he's bad. Doesn't mean I don't want to draft. John, I want Jonathan Taylor. Well, all of these guys <laughs> everywhere I can get him. This is not. People are like, oh, well, you said he he has more carries and he has more fumbles. Yeah, I did because it's it's the truth. Those are true things. He has like nine hundred. You can't only highlight the good stuff. That's right. the only reason why right. I have him fourth behind. You know, if you put Jonathan Taylor in last year's class, he's probably the one one. Probably could be. Yeah. You know, going to the draft, you'd have him probably ahead of Josh. I mean, well, we see how Could've Josh Jacobs. Right I mean, him and Josh Jacobs are really close. I could probably see myself like coming infatuated with him. You know, right? But yeah, I mean, it's. It's not just because you have a guy this year at five or six doesn't mean you don't like him and you're disrespecting him. It's just that's how good this draft class is. Right. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. So for the super flex, it, it's going to be real interested. Like with the Joe Burrow at one, you can complete argue Tua at two. Absolutely. He's two is a stud too. He's right. going to get taken top 10 as well. And it sounds like he's going to be able to throw uh, yeah, for NFL teams before the draft too, which is, which is good news uh, both for his prognosis and just for like the evaluation process. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'll be watching it with a mirror when he's throwing because, <laughs> because well, <laughs> those lefties, those, you lefties. Know, those lefties screw me up. But. And the dolphins are probably trade up the three with the Dol- lions just to make sure they get their guy, not get, you know, maybe up a area, multiple first, maybe they give up like a third, or second, Who just knows? to make sure they get their guy. You know, uh, you could see San Diego trying to leapfrog Miami. You could. You could. You could see the Panthers trying to get in there. They're at eight, I think. 
Ooh, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's quite a few teams in there that could be vying for his talents. Because Washington's not trained out of two. They're taking Chase Young. Yeah, yeah, they're you, taking Chase you, Young. You don't, yeah. you don't pass on that. So, it's the Lions are open for business, which means you might have to give up. You know, But whatever, if you get your quarterback, you get your quarterback. Or they could be like, oh, we'll stay at five and we'll take Herbert. Yeah. But, again, for the super flex reasons, like Garrett said, you might be able to get a guy like Jerry Judy at seven. Yeah. Because these running backs, the receivers, I think, are going to be pretty – like. These, I don't think any of the receivers are going to get a huge bump from draft spots. Maybe one or two right there, but the t- I think talent overall mm-hmm. is going to hold them firm. You know, like CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, one, two. It doesn't really matter where they essentially land. Like, you're not going to, they're not going to fall down the draft board, like Hakeem Butler style. Well, I mean, look at, look at last year's draft class. You had uh, Terry McLaurin which wasn't an ideal situation. You had A.J. Brown, who it wasn't an ideal situation, and you could argue those would be the top two wide receivers in the class right now. And even, you know, San Francisco was was good because of the opportunity, but nobody was sure how all of that was going to shake out at the time. It's not like anybody, the, the ones we loved their landing spot was Paris Campbell right. to, you know, mm-hmm. Colts, which obviously, like, situations change. He got it. I mean, talent does it. Right. So, absolutely. You know, so I, I think that's especially for receivers, maybe even more so than running backs. I think it's it, it's more player dependent than it is situation. Yeah. And what we're going to see where we are going to see is the running backs get a push because yep. you're going to see people go. But like, yeah, man, CeeDee Lamb's really good. And ooh, Jerry Judy's really good. But you know what? This 2020, this 2021 draft class is going to be super loaded at receiver. I mean, we all saw Jamar Chase last night, Oof. right? Oh, man. Yeah, we got 1-1 in 2021. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lock it up. Doesn't matter what. He's 1-1. One, one. But people are so like, good. People are like, you know what? I'll just wait till next year, and I'll get, like, Justin Ross at three. <laughs> I mean, I'm taking this. Right. I'm taking Cam Akers over there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's just, he's just too good. And. I know you said you, you said you you take Clyde Edwards layer over Acres, which is that I have no Not problem with that either. It's just like again, I always when I, so far on the limited tape because when we go into Smack Draft too, again, these are just guys right now that are kind of the consensus top guys. Like there's gonna be more guys that we're gonna talk about. This isn't a mock draft. Like it's way too early. We haven't right? dug out any gems yet. Yeah, I'm not even taking detailed notes. It's right. just like I'm watching this, getting a kind of good feel for these guys. So these are just top guys. There's no. Guys that were like, ooh, look at this guy from here. Like, I like him. There's no small guys yet. We'll get there when we start breaking down player yeah. by player. So, but as that goes along, you're going to be like, yeah, like I, Cam Akers, when I see a guy like him, it's like, oh man, what would Cam Akers be like on LSU? Absolutely. Well, no, and you have to, you have to look at it that way as well. Cause Cam Akers, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, he, his offensive line was terrible. Horrible. Right? I mean, so, one of the worst. Yeah, 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 one of the worst in football. I'm I, at this point, I, I've had like too much. Too much tape crammed in in short to, amounts without like shorter. really knowing these guys super well yet. So, too, so it's sure a, it some of this stuff's a little mushy in my brain. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my you know memory that Cam Akers had a terrible offensive line. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, obviously that that plays a huge factor in, in whether or not a guy looks you know like he can. You can't do anything as at the, at a running back you know at the running back position if you don't have any space to operate yep. uh, in a you know down in and down out. So, but when you're the guy, you're the key focus. Right. Of Absolutely. that offense, and everybody, and that's why his shiftiness is so nice. Like, woo! If he's on a good team, like he's gonna bust off some, like he's gonna get some good yards there. So, Cam Akers is very, very intriguing. I can't wait to talk about some of these running backs in depth when we get to that. Be fun. Um, but we already talked about Cam Akers. Uh, we already talked about a lot of these running backs. We talked about T. Higgins, who played last night, who looked really good. Ooh. Again, banged up, which is somewhat a concern. It's multiple games down in a row where he's taking a big hit and kind of like left a game for a little bit. He, but he's bony. He's real thin. He's physical too. With it. That run, oh, 
Man. The end around. Six foot four, 215 pounds. Go up there and get the ball. I mean, T. Higgins is. He's a big boy. Okay, we're talking about him like, what, eighth, ninth? Yeah. Ninth. You're going to get T. Higgins in like the potential. And a super flex at 12? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, he could fall to the second round. Oh, man. It's good. I can't wait to draft. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, speaking of drafting, why don't we get into this? Why don't let's, we pick let's up? Let's do it. We're at 2 1 right now in our draft. And uh, should we go over last week's draft picks in order? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, you want to read those off for us? Yeah, so here was the order. So it was uh, Rich and then me and then Garrett picked, and we just kind of went in a circle here. So um, at 1-1, it was DeAndre Swift, uh, 1.02 J.K. Dobbins, 1.03 Travis Etienne, 1.04 C.D. Lamb, 05 it was Jerry Judy, 06 was Jonathan Taylor, um, 07 was Henry Ruggs third. At 08, I got T. Higgins. At 9, uh, Jalen Rigor. Um, at 10, Cam Akers. At 11, Clyde Edward. Uh, how do you say it? Hilaire. 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 Thank Hilaire. you. And then uh, at 12. Like Eclair without Eclair. Eclair. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Eclair. Um, at 12, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Thank you so much for that enthusiastic read. My audience appreciates <laughs> appreciates it. I appreciate. I'm it. I'm a little low energy today. I'm sorry, guys. Come on, I'll, t- I'll kick it up a notch here. We could tell. Um, so before we get into this mock draft, I wanted to stop here and take a minute and tell you about our sponsor for the mock draft this week, and that's our friends at DynastyOwner.com. That's right, DynastyOwner.com. They're the ultimate dream for all sports and business fans. We say business fans because you can operate that team like a business. It's like literally being an NFL owner where most players operate at an auction league or you know you bid on players. This is actual NFL salaries. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game that combines fantasy football with actual NFL player contacts. Contracts. They don't use make-believe or demand based contracts or salaries. They use actual NFL player contracts and salaries so if you know where there's a good deal such as a good quarterback on a rookie deal or of course in dynasty we know those rookie running backs are worth their weight in gold one because they're highly productive but in dynasty owner guess what they're paid super cheap which is fantastic guys like todd Gurley, Le'Veon bell psh, toss those guys in the wastebasket there is no offseason in dynasty owner just like there's no offseason dynasty fantasy football the rookie draft matters Free agency matters. Every contract matters. And that's why you listen to Dynasty Nerds as well, because we help you guide that. Because guess what? I matter. Garrett matters. That's okay. I kind of matter. They just finished their beta season in 2019, and now they're working on their mobile app for iOS and Android, and it's going to be ready for your rookie drafts in May. They're opening up the game to everyone right now in 2020, but they're limited to 1,000 teams a thousand people, so that's twelve team leagues. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. Check them out, dynastyowner.com. Join their twenty twenty season waitlist and start your dynasty today. So, two one. Last week I started. Which one? One of you fine gentlemen want to start this week? Doesn't matter to me. Oh, you spoke first, Garrett. Oh, well, there it is. You have two one. Two one. All right. You're on the clock. We know all the players that take in here. First, let me ask you this. As we enter the second round, you feel really good about this? Like, you feel good about the players that are left? I do. I still think, specifically at the wide receiver position, 
I think we've really just scratched the surface. I think there are a lot of really, really talented players that are going to be productive wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes for your fantasy team for a long time. So it's one of those good scratches. like One of those good itches. You're laying on the back and you feel these fingertips going across your back and you're like, oh, it's go time. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. I like that scratching. All right. So Garrett's on the clock. So I, I would have loved to have been at 2-3 here uh, because I, I was I was hoping that uh, uh, I would have my somebody that I wanted left instead of having to pick between them. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy that I think has been severely underrated uh, in this process, despite both the film people and the analytics people, for the most part, agreeing that this guy should have the makeup of a complete stud uh, at the next level. He was a teammate of uh, a player that we loved last year in Debo Samuel. I'm going with Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. Uh, he is a bigger, more physical receiver uh, than, than we saw with Debo, uh, where Debo was primarily you know across the middle. This guy's going to be more of your, your prototypical X-type receiver. Uh, big body, not the, not the fastest player, um, but as far as making plays happen, going up and getting the ball, he had a crazy breakout age at 17. That's when he broke out, which is absolutely absurd. So it's telling you, uh, and for people that aren't super familiar with breakout age, it's basically saying how old were they when they put up a, a 20% dominator rating, which means they had 20% of the teams, uh, and there's some factors that go into it, but their yards and touchdowns. And so he had that at age of like 17.8 or 17.6 or something absurd like that. There's guys that aren't even in college yet at that point. Right. So I, I was thinking like, oh, they do that for high school kids? Right. <laughs> like, what are you talking right. about? How does that even work? <laughs> All right. um, so yeah, he had an absurd breakout age. Uh, many people actually thought he was going to come out with Debo last year because there was some debate as to who really is the best receiver on South Carolina. Is it, mm-hmm. is it Brian Edwards? Is it is it Debo Samuel? They, they kind of play very differently, but they played to each other's strengths really well. Um, but the way that he can go up and get the ball, a much more fluid athlete than I think he gets credit for. Um, and if you want to just watch an absolutely absurd play, go inside the film room, log on to the Tennessee game, uh, we're pretty close to halftime there. I'd have to go back to look at the exact time. He has this absurd the, the one o, hand. The Odell looking yep. thing right before the, the, the end zone. Yep, yeah. right by the end zone. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, so, No, that was an amazing catch. Um, and, and he was a player that I, I, I was starting to dig into. You know, you, you look at the numbers on the guy, and, and they're not, like, overly impressive. He only had 816 yards receiving this past year but when you dig in a little bit that that led the team so it, you know it wasn't it wasn't like he had 816 yards and somebody on the team had 1400 you know and he's right. playing second fiddle he really was the guy and like you said earlier he's a he's a big physical guy he's one of those guys you know six foot three 215 pounds like very prototypical you know big guy I think he will probably end up being a little bit bigger than that I you can know, see that that, yeah. that was his listed weight but he looks a little bit bigger uh when you're watching him on film and like you said um, just fantastic acrobatic play there in that Tennessee game right before halftime. Just and I believe he scored a touchdown on it. They, I think they eventually said that it wasn't a touchdown. So he was down. They, like re- right, they right reviewed before. it like eight hundred yeah. times. Right. Partly, I think you know to try to figure out you know was he in, was he out. But I think it was mostly just because it was such a fun catch to watch. It really was a good. One. Um, yeah. So I think he could be a real special player. Um, but but he's kind of kind of been overlooked a little bit in this process um, for a lot of people. 
And uh, I think I think they're going to regret that. I I get that he is not the the burner that some of these other guys are, um, but he's going to make some of those plays that you need uh, for your fantasy team. Yeah, and over 800 yards for from the quarterback play you get out of South Carolina is not. In it was a rookie era, not rookie, a freshman quarterback that they had too. And and you know what I, I saw you know I only watched a couple of games of him but it wasn't like he's big and physical enough to not to get jammed to the line of scrimmage like yep. that that kind of stuff he can definitely handle and I felt like he was he was fast enough but he, but I I wrote it down in my notes that way because you yeah. could tell he doesn't have that like next gear he's not gonna be like burning past no it's gonna be a four five four five five yep yeah type of that's type right of speed. And didn't he well. miss some games in this year with like a meniscus injury he. He, he played ten games this year. Yeah, yeah I was so gonna say I think he missed. Yeah, a he missed a couple games. So, so he yeah. was he was probably on pay. He would have got over a thousand yards receiving. Yeah. Uh, this year, and it's I, in the SEC. And this isn't somebody who I I'm not gonna sit here and talk on because I don't I haven't not watched like besides like a couple highlights here and there I haven't yeah. watched enough on him to even really give you a valid opinion on him. Like if we went through this whole mock draft, I probably wouldn't even taken Brian Edwards just because he's not on my radar right. like that. Yeah. Again, kind of when you're doing this, we've never done a second round rookie mock draft ever in history deep. of this. So like us. We like to focus on rece- like position by position. So right now it's all quick glance, you know, no, nothing in depth. But if you like him at two one, that's some good praise. Yeah, he and and like I said, there were three or four guys I was debating here. So I was happy thinking I was still at two three again. So I was gonna get to like sit and wait, wait for one know. of those guys to drop. Yeah, to you. just dropped <laughs> to me. So uh, I ha- I had to I had to pick, but. Um, you know, I, I do think that I'm going to end up with quite a few Brian Edwards shares on my teams this year. Yeah, and, that, and that's why, I mean, the number, I would have thought receiver-wise right now against community-wise, I'm not taking this guy next, but, you know, LaVisca Chenault. He was on the list for potential. You know, everybody's got him locked in as the first-round pick, and we haven't even taken him here yet and begin the second. So, um, and Matt, you've already watched a little bit of Brian Edwards then yourself? I, I have, yep. Yeah, you're a fan? No, I like his game. Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm I am interested to see how fast he runs, but I like his game. Okay. Yeah, all, all the notes I've seen on him so far is that yeah, his speed is definitely his uh not his strong suit. That's just the one question I have cuz he he moves pretty well. Uh, um Yeah, he's an agile athlete. He's definitely agile. He can move laterally and everything like that. I just, I just want to see his his top end speed. Okay. So it's okay for me to pick now? Yep. At 2-2. Jump on it. I am on the clock here at 2-2. Um you know, there's a couple guys here that I do like. Definitely the receiver position. I, I mentioned LaVisca Chanel. We'll talk about him when he actually gets drafted because um, I just feel like I'm missing something. I haven't watched enough tape on him. It's, again, casually, and everybody loves this guy, so I feel like I got to dig more because what I've seen I'm not in love with. Um, you know, there's a couple – there's another receiver, you know, another LSU receiver here that's pretty nice. Yep. Uh, he was another one I was thinking about. There's a tight end here that I actually do like a lot. There's, there's one tight end in this draft class so far that I've seen uh, that I actually like a lot. Okay. Uh, but I'm actually going to go Zach Moss, running back, Utah. Ooh, okay. Five foot 10, 222 pounds. You know, this is a guy, you remember, Utah had a really good year this year. And Zach Moss had a had a big, you know, a big hand in that. This is a guy who, you know, three straight years, over 1,000 yards rushing, double digit touchdowns, good size, makes him really, you know, for a guy of his size that's perceived as a power back at five foot 10, 222 pounds, like he's really agile. And he's got some good lateral movement for a guy of his size. Makes some really, really nice cut cuts. Really good contact balance, kind of like that. You know, remember Cream Hunt? The way yeah. you take a hit, bounce off these players, uh, and keep going. And that might actually be like his best 
attribute, really, like his contact balance. And I remember when I I studied Cream Hunt and how we had a Cream Hunt higher than most people at the time. It was like, wow, this is what he does really well. And something I fell in love with the more I dug into him. And I kind of get that vibe from Zach Moss so far. Um, a power back, good feet, good vision. The lateral movement for him is really nice. Uh, has a real nice spin move as well. So he's kind of like you know that Madden kind of player. He can pass protect. He's viable in this simple pass game. Wasn't really utilized on like run a lot of routes that I saw, but he, he's viable there. You know, some cons is he's not a burner either, but sometimes with that running back position gets a little bit overblown. Sure. Because um, I didn't see him like, it, it didn't hurt his game, let me put that way, but he's not a burner. There's no second gear for him. Uh, and he does, you know, if we're going to mention a guy like Jonathan Taylor, he's got a lot of carries, uh, 750 uh, carries, you know, there for the uh, for Utah not overly elusive in the open field as well. He, he's, he's pretty good with the contact, but he's almost like willing to go. I feel like he knows he's not overly elusive in the, the field, so he does. he'll just lower his shoulder and go after it because he knows he's powerful. Uh, he, he seeks contact. I think he, mm-hmm. I think he thrives under that. He, he's looking for He's looking to run over a defensive back. He's looking to hit a linebacker. He doesn't even care, you know what I mean? And, and at 222 pounds, I mean, you can get away with that in, in, college. in college. I'm not sure you're going to be wanting to seek out linebackers in the NFL. I think that's going to be something that's going to be coached out of them. You but, know what I mean? But, like, but I, I totally agree. I had uh, a lot of the exact same notes, you know, down to, like, wording almost. I mean, he's got a good spin move. I like his jump cut. Um, the one con that I had was I wasn't sure about his top-end speed, so this is two players in a, in a row that I kind of want to see um, what the numbers look like, you know, uh, once they get to Indy. He caught the ball pretty naturally. Um, that was another, you know, positive. On, you saw uh, they're all like all just like little simple things in the yeah, flat right there. The, nothing like no, he didn't run any routes. No, nothing crazy. But you know, two two years of you know in his sophomore year he had almost thirty at twenty nine catches, and this past year he had twenty eight catches. So viable. He, he's viable. Yeah. And and you know it th- that's exactly you know th- that's the kind of person where if you're getting twelve hundred yards of rushing and then on top of it you're getting like thirty to you know, 40 catches that it's a nice little bonus, you know? So, uh, I, I like the guy as well. I, I feel like, um, this is a, this is a valid pick here in the at early, two, two, at yeah. the early part of the second round. He's one of those guys when I started with like, again, the casual scan. And that's why I have a little bit more detailed notes on him. Cause I watched a little bit more of them because he's like, sure. man, like this is, I'm, this is, we even talked about this guy last week and we mentioned him on the podcast last week, but this is a guy in the second round that could be like, like he's one of those guys that I can see. By time we get to April, is a first round pick. Yeah, and and the I, I can't remember if it was him or not. I I feel like it was him, and I was I was watching the game, and then at the very end they kind of mentioned that he had he was injured and had a knee injury, and I was like, oh, maybe that's why he kind of looked sluggish. So I went and watched another another game of it, and he looked better. I have to verify that that was him uh-huh. that he looked he looked a little bit quicker. You know what I mean? Well, like I, I was like, Ooh. I will say at the end of his junior season. Uh, he did have an injury, so he only a uh, knee injury. Okay. Uh, so he only played his la- uh, only nine games as a junior. Okay. Um, so he missed the last couple games his junior season with a knee injury. All right. So I don't know if that's what you're. It, it, it may it may have been another one. Like I said, I've been I've been watching too much sure. like too much tape. You know I just I mean? see so, this guy being somebody that's like NFL teams like. Yeah. And by the time the draft rolls around, he's gonna get one of those guys that drafted higher than like the casual dynasty player. But oh, you know that doesn't listen to this. You know, well if you listen to this podcast, you're gonna be set. But you know, he's going to get drafted in, like, the third, fourth round, and people are like, yeah. which is going to be a good spot, which is sure. going to carry opportunity. And to me, he could be a three-down running back. Like, if this, you know, if, if he ends, ends up in a spot like, you know, Tampa Bay, 
you're like, oh, Zach Moss, like he's a first round pick now. What yeah. is, do you have any notes on him? Gary? Yeah, um, I, I've I've done quite a bit of uh, looking into into Zach Moss, and he is uh, a very very safe prospect. I don't know that there's much of a ceiling for him, uh-huh. but you know what you're getting. Um, you know he is he's very good between the tackles. You could argue he's one of the better runners between the tackles in the class, and so I think that's kind of some of what you're alluding to is. NFL teams are going to like what they see in that. They're going to watch the tape and they're going to say, you know what? He reads the hole pretty well. He hits the hole hard. For the most part, he gets north and south. Every once in a while, he thinks he's faster than he is and he tries to dance too much. But for the most part, he gets north and south. I think NFL teams are going to like that. So I do like him. He kind of reminds me of if you take like the burst and violence away from Alexander Madison, that's kind of what you have with Zach Moss. Like not as violent, but has a, a, a very well-rounded game, not an elite athlete. I didn't put this in my notes, but I was watching this film. I swear, I was like, ah, oh, this, this kind of, this could be like my Alexander Madison to what Garrett was. I love Madison last that's, year. That's what I was thinking. I swear, it's funny that you mentioned his name. I was like, ah, oh, so this could be like the Alexander Madison, the guy that's really good, but then he doesn't even end up in like a great spot, but you still like his talent. Yeah. You know, you should still get him. And people are still like, oh, he's good, but uh, he'll never play. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Alexander Madison's good, but sorry. So is <laughs> So yeah. there we go. So we're, we're, at, we're at pick two, two. We're all happy. It's got a good running back, I feel like, in the second yeah. round here. Matt, you're up on the clock at 2-3. At 2-3, I am going to pick one of the people we've already mentioned. Ooh. You kind of touched base on him. Um, Justin Jefferson, the other good wide pick. receiver from LSU. 6'3", 192 pounds. And for being the other wide receiver <laughs> at, at LSU, he had 111 grabs this year for 1,540 yards. LSU and, record. And 18 touchdowns. LSU record. So, um, uh, which, you know, a school that's produced some pretty good wide receivers, especially lately, um, it stands out pretty nice. I, 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 haven't ta- I haven't watched a ton of the tape of this guy. I did watch two games, you know, the Alabama game where he didn't do all that well. Um, and it was just somebody else's show that game. And then I went out and on, you know, especially on Garrett's um, recommendation, he said, you know, like there was just too many weapons. You kind of have to pick your game. So I went to the Texas game where he, um, you know, he had 163 yards and three touchdowns and he looked like a completely different player. Um, when I was watching the Alabama game, I'm just kind of sitting back. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another route, no pass thrown to him. Oh, yeah, there's another route, no pass. Nice route, you know, but (laughs) no pass being thrown to him. So so you don't get a lot of – a feel for a guy that way. Um, but during the Texas game, obviously he's, you know, he's grabbing balls, you know, uh, touchdowns over guys. And so, I mean, it was just a totally different uh, situation. And at this point I feel very comfortable, especially with that amount of production coming out of the sec, um, picking him here at 2.03. You mentioned the, uh, the Oklahoma game where he had four touchdowns just in yep. the first half. I didn't get, I didn't get, to, I didn't get to watch that one yet. But yeah, yeah. two hundred twenty-seven. I watched that one live. That's the reason. Two hundred twenty-seven yards and four and four touchdowns there in the Oklahoma. Like game. You, you mentioned his stats. So you know, going to this actual regular season into playoffs, one hundred two receptions were an LSU record. You know, the eighteen touchdowns an LSU record. Still had one thousand four hundred thirty-four yards, which is a fantastic year. Obviously, you know, having all those weapons around there and had that high efficiency of an offense helps sure. with a guy like Joe Burrow and. Like you said, Matt, you know, really, I think he's a good route runner. Mm-hmm. He gets out of it, in and out of his breaks really nicely um, for a size, too. He's six foot three. He's a real, so, he's just like a real clean prospect. Um, yep. You know what I mean? There's not, I, there's not much I can look at so far and be like, oh, I don't like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, very encouraging that you can get a, a quality guy like this in the early portion of the second. Took round. a big step forward 
this year. Cause you know, what what I when I look back on some of his like his notes and what you look at his numbers wise in twenty eighteen, like he had an issue with some drops in twenty eighteen. And it looks like he really resolved that in twenty nineteen with a nice, accurate, efficient quarterback and a guy like Joe Burrow. And I, I I'm with you. I like this this kind of prospect here. And this is the kind of like dream prospect you can get in the third round in the second round of this year's draft because Justin Jefferson's the kind of guy that usually goes around pick 10 to 12 in, the, in any other rookie dynasty draft, and you're just hoping he pans out to be something. And now you're getting him at the high end of the second round uh, at pick 2-3, and in some drafts he might even go later. Right. Uh, right it's going to depend because he might get drafted higher than some people might think. Like Some people have mentioned him as a potential first-round pick, which would definitely change his draft status. But again, who else, who else is he going to go ahead of that we've even mentioned? Yeah, Even draft tough. capital wise, you're going to need because there's going to be more people that rise. And this is definitely one of those guys. What do you think of Justin Jefferson, Garrett? Uh, he is a really good technician. Um, I mean, he you're, you're right, Matt, when you say that it's just a very, very clean game that he has. He he does everything that you want. Uh, he's you know, he's able to make big plays um, and uh, it, it's hard to find any super weakness in his game uh, oh, so, uh, so let me ask Kinda you like this. let me ask it this way um by the time we get through the whole pre-draft process is he like a terry mclaurin where he's just like it could absolutely he could absolutely have that kind of a scent the only thing that and i haven't done i've done a ton of digging into the running backs and i've done a decent amount into the wide receivers so i haven't done as much work into the wide receivers yet um but the the question i want to see is what happens when he's not, uh, you know, with with Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. and what happens when he doesn't have arguably the single greatest college season for a quarterback ever throwing him the football? That that's what I want to see. But as far as the things that I'm able to catch on tape, it's it all looks it all looks right. And honestly, in in thinking about it, it was it was Justin Jefferson or it was Brian Edwards, and so I was really really close to taking Jefferson. But I think I was talking about Brian Edwards a bunch today, so that pushed me over the top. Right, right. that's what I would have taken if I was taking a receiver to Justin Jefferson here as well, because I mean the upside is nice and to be real intriguing, like where he goes, absolutely, and where he could be the number two with you know a good receiver or a good quarterback with the potential to be that number one. I love that Terry McLaurin comp, man. Like of like. Okay, can he be this year's Terry McLaurin? That's, that's, a, that's a nice uh, like profile to think of. You know? I, I haven't looked in. I mean, you know, I haven't watched enough to know that um, his route running is going to be that crisp. But I haven't seen anything that would no, make, he's me, a very good route make me think that it's not. No, so he's far. a very good route runner, and he plays really a lot uh, in the slot too. So I mean, you got a guy that that size playing in the slot, and he's a decent blocker too. Um, so there's not there's not many weaknesses in his game. Yeah, like I said, I mean, for his size, six foot three, in the way he gets in that, like he's smooth in his route. Very so I, I like him. I think this is a nice upside player that could, when it's all said and done, like you, like you mentioned, like back end of the first round kind of guy. But then, who are we pushing out? You yeah. know, that's that's gonna be the question: is do some of these running backs get pushed out for the receivers? And I just think, unfortunately, this this is the kind of player you're gonna get in the second round because these running backs, if anything. You know, like Usually a guy like Zach, a Zach Moss is going to get pushed up over a guy like Jefferson just because of how strong next year's class is and how once these running backs do kind of fall off, then that's it. You're going to have a you're going to be able to get a receiver you can gamble on later. Yep. Uh, so, Garrett, you're up at two four. Yep. Who are you taking? 
Well, we talked about running backs getting pushed up, and this is another running back that I could could easily see getting pushed in the first round, especially uh, if he gets taken by one of these RB needy, needy teams in the you know third round or so. Uh, but I'm going to go with Eno Benjamin out you of Arizona State. bastard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eno Benjamin is uh, a, a player that uh, had a lot of hype coming into the season, and not by his own fault, kind of just – People just kind of forgot about Eno Benjamin. They, um, I, I think they've gotten enamored with a lot of uh, the the newer players that have have risen up boards, the uh, Edwards Elaire and uh, you know some of these other guys. But uh, he's not the biggest back in the world. Uh, graduated in three years, so he is coming out as a junior, uh, one of the younger players in the class. Uh, but he did graduate, so it shows you that obviously his ability to be able to retain information, get through class. I mean, graduating in four years is difficult, let alone graduating in three years. So uh, that was really impressive to me. Uh, but if there is a player that could compete with Edwards Alaire as far as agility in this class, it would be Eno Benjamin. Uh, some of the moves that he is able to make on defenders at times are absolutely filthy. I mean, I remember a specific play uh, watching him where he literally did a karaoke on a guy. Um, and, I mean, it was just flat-out embarrassing for the defender uh, to, to, to try to get to him. And so uh, they rode him hard, though. I mean, he has a lot of carries. For being uh, not the biggest back in the world, uh, That he, he had a lot of carries at Arizona State, specifically this year because, you know, Nikhil Harry was gone. There is another good wide receiver there, but they had a freshman quarterback, and so I think they had to uh, lean on Eno Benjamin a little bit more. Uh, good between the tackles. Uh, I wouldn't say elite in that area. Uh, also a good a, a good pass catcher, not elite, uh, but I could see him. The, my one worry is that he ends up being potentially more of a third down back than he does a true three down back. That would be my one concern. I'm not saying he has to and he's only cubbied into that, but it wouldn't shock me if at some point that happens. And and it wouldn't shock me either. Just, you know, he's listed five foot ten, um, 210 pounds. So he, could he be in between the tackles type of guy? Yes, but like you said, it's not his strong suit. But you mentioned the carries, and it was 300 in, in, in 2018 and 253 this past year. So, I mean, he's proven he can carry a load. And, he definitely and, can. And with 42 receptions this past year as well. Um, he, I mean, he's up near, you know, right there, he's up near 300 touches again. So, uh, he, he can definitely, he can definitely, you know, take the pounding necessary, yep. I, I think to do it. So, uh, we'll see. I, I do like, he knows, you know, his, his movement skills, like you said, were, were very good. Um, so this is a guy that I was really hoping would slip to me in a couple of yeah. picks. So I, he, so I could talk about him, but he's talented originally, um, you know, Going into the season, a lot of people had him ahead of Cam Akers, right in the same range as like J.K. Dobbins. So right. he's fallen down, but I don't know that it's really f any fault of his own. I think no, it's he the could production. Be I mean, it was sixteen hundred yards uh, rushing last year to to you know he dipped down to just over a thousand this past year. Exactly, and you know I think a lot of it did have to do with with the freshman quarterback. I mean, it's it's hard. It wasn't a good team this year. Exactly, yeah. it's it's hard when they're keying just on you basically, and you know your number, you know your your big time wide receiver threat is gone, and then they bring in a freshman quarterback. The, a lot of a lot of things change. The the comp I would have for him, I don't have one that I like straight up, uh, but. I see uh, a poor man's, and I'm not saying they're the same. I'm saying a poor man's uh, LaShawn McCoy. 
slightly undersized, but really good side-to-side mm-hmm. movement, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so I don't think he's ever going to be that gifted and talented, uh, but the game style is similar. I can see what you're. I can see where you're getting at. With yeah, that. see, to me, I can't see because LaShawn McCoy was so good. Oh, he, I don't. I Shady's get, way better. Like I, poor, uh, real poor man. Like, I think uh, trading spaces <laughs> b- before he got rich. <laughs> I got no legs. Um, so I've I scanned a couple games of Eno Benjamin here too, and I know Matt because you were really excited about him here. And again, I mean, he has what do you have over forty catches? Forty two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I thought his pass catching was okay. Like didn't blow me away. So when you say like Lashawn McCoy, I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of blew me away. Um, I think what, like I said, the Oregon game was a little bit nicer than the, the Michigan State game that we right. have on file. And I, I don't know, there's something like I saw like like I don't know when I see this guy when this happens sometimes like a little the Trent Richardson effect where sometimes like his vision was kind of off and he's kind of like running into the back of his offensive lineman. Yeah, he doesn't have a ton of patience. Yeah, right. I'm like. Oh no, Trent Richardson! And like once I got in my mind, I was like, "Oh no, I don't like you, you know, oh, Benjamin." No, I hate you. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. He's just, I saw him again. I kind of feel like the Lavisca Chanel, you know, like I got to dig deeper because other people yeah. like him and he, he was this big name. But when I saw him, it just kind of came away like, "Oh, okay." A little underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah like I could see, like I, like I think that. that's why he's dropped. I think everybody's just kind of like, "Yeah, this class has gotten really, really good, and you're you're still fine." Like and and I think that's I think that's where he's at. You know, when I watch Zach Moss at Utah, I'm like, oh yeah, guys got me excited. And I watch Eno Benjamin, I'm like, can I have some more, please? <laughs> you know, it's like I get a little bit more. So we'll we'll see. I'm not as in love as you guys at this point in the process. You know what sure. I mean? So I would have gone a different way here, but that's that's just me. Yeah. Uh, but I am on a clock here. You are. It's your so turn. I'm at a, what two five? Two five already. So I'm gonna pop the cherry. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the virginity here. Well, you're going tight end, aren't you? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, t- so technically, I'm not popping the cherry if you're going tight end. It's just you know, oh, just getting it done. Uh, and I'm gonna take Cole Komet. So I was trying to like quickly go through some of these top end name tight ends. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna be the first one to take a tight end in the yeah. second round mock draft. It's like if we're gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. You're gonna be right? that guy. Yeah. No lube, no nothing. I'm just going in and. I even start with I didn't even start with Cole Komet. I started with like Bryce Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, all right, you know. Hunter Bryant. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. And then I, then I watched Cole Komet. I'm like, oh yeah, oh oh yeah. He's the top guy. Yeah, no lube needed. Class. I'm ready to go. Cole Komet, tight end, Notre Dame, six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. And what I like about no Cole Komet over these other guys I just mentioned right now is those guys are more like the receiving tight ends, right? Like. They're not, they're not going to be really in line. They're going to be outside tight ends. Cole Komet, 11 games, 43 catches, 515 yards, six touchdowns. All his production pretty much came last year in 2019 because his career total was 60 catches, 691 yards, and six touchdowns. And he's he's somebody that originally said he was going to come back to Notre Dame for a senior year. Yeah, that's, what, that's why we kept saying, like, oh, you know, this tight end class isn't that good. We didn't think he was coming out. Well, then he... Then he, he changed so, his mind. No, the, the NFL advisory board. Changed, changed his mind. Yeah, they gave him a very good grade. Um, they said second round potentially back into the first. And for me, this is guy is just a really well rounded tight end. He's got good hands. He blocks well. He's lined up all over the field. On the couple of games I watched, he was in the slot. He was in line. He played halfback. He was outside. You know, all those other like I said, tight ends were mostly just glorified receivers. You know what I mean? Like I was getting some of that Jay Sternberger feels. From like oh, a lot of these that. other guys, you know what I mean? And what I also know is like he gets off the ball, like off the line, really well. 
for because he's not like overly fast, but he gets off the line really well. Big, strong, tough to bring down, physical, good contact balance. Like this is the guy like that I think will be a really good overall fantasy tight end for the longevity of longevity of the, of uh, his fantasy career. Didn't like I said he didn't do much to 2019, so there's no really good tape on him until this year because it's all his tape. Can block better than most any other tight end out here that's going to be fantasy relevant. And he, I think he actually get better uh, technique-wise and actually be better at that into his game. Um, and he's not overly the fastest guy. And his size did, did help him in college being that big, and his routes can be a little bit crisper. But, like, this is a guy who I could see, you know, in 2022, 2023, being a really nice fantasy-relevant tight end. And we're talking tight end, super, you know, tight end premium leagues, a first-round potential candidate here. If he, you know, if somehow the Patriots trade back a little bit from twenty three somewhere around there, and this is who they take, I would really like him in that system. Albeit, if Tom Brady's still there as well, but right. Cole Komet right now for tight ends, uh, out of the ones I've seen, he's definitely my tight end one here. So if I'm in the middle, you know, what we're at two five, yep, middle of the second round, I get somebody that's number one at their position instead of start reaching for the fifth or sixth wide receiver, seventh running back here. I feel very comfortable getting the number one tight end. Um, and we all know how I feel about the tight end. I think it's a one true difference maker that you can get in dynasty, where if you have one of those top three, four guys, when you get to your championship game, that's the edge that can give you that ship. You know, again, I'm a firm believer in, you know, all my leagues, I want to have a high end producing tight end because that's the advantage I want to get. Cause those guys are just, there's only a couple of them. And once you, they do establish themselves, one, they're really hard to get. And, the fourth and fifth guy at that position is so drastically different when it comes to fantasy production than those top end guys yep. where I can get wide receiver twos. I can get wide receiver threes. It's really, and I even get a tight end one, but it's hard to get that tier one tight end one. And I'm not saying Cole Komet is that guy, but I can see him, you know, he has some of that, you know, that Gronkowski to him, you know, yep. what do you guys think of that pick? I honestly have not watched his film yet, so I, I don't have much to comment on. I'll, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll go off. I'll go based off of your your analysis at this point. Yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I think uh, I was excited to hear that he was coming out because originally we hadn't even put any film in the in the dynasty film room for him because I'd ask for it. Yeah, you had to ask for. It. I was like, he literally just said something yesterday. We'll get it up. Um, you know, because because we didn't think he was coming back, and so it was. It was you know who 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 do you like better, Albert O, or do you like you know Hunter Bryan, or uh, at that at the time, Bryson Hopkins was my favorite, but uh-huh. you know I wasn't thrilled about it. I was like, he'll probably go you know late second, you know to the first team that needs uh, a, a tight end, end. Right. And, and he'll be fine, and he'll I think he's going to be a good player. But there was nobody that was exciting me at the position. So when Cole Komet committed. Uh, or, or decided to come out for the NFL draft. I was like, we, we have our clear one, one at the tight end position. Yeah, Cause I heard a lot about Hunter Bryant. So it's the first one I watched. And then when I watched his tape, I was like, Oh, I could do better at tight end. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine. He's more of a receiver than he is even a tight end. Yes. And, and he's not an elite receiving tight end. No, he's good with the ball in his hands. Yes. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I'm worried about him, like, his game translating to the NFL. Yep, I can absolutely all. see that's that. That's all about He's six foot two. Yeah, he's so, very undersized for position. I like Cole Komet here. Like you mentioned, I had to ask him in the film room. What's nice about the Dynasty Nerds Dynasty film room, too, is I had somebody reach out to me on the Facebook group, and they're like, hey, you have no tape of, like, Courtney, you know, like, of this guy. Can you get up there? I mentioned the guys uh, that do our film, and they're like, yeah, yeah. They had two videos up that night. I messaged, I literally messaged the guy back an hour later. I'm like, there you go. He's like, I don't see. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, my pick, Cole Komet, 
two five. Let's uh, this is the last pick of the this episode. Two yeah, six. Absolutely, Matt, you're up. Let's uh, round out this free episode, and then we'll get uh, we'll finish out the mock draft on the nerd herd. We'll tell you about that here in a minute. Well, you had mentioned popping cherries, and now I'm kind of interested in doing one myself. Ooh. And I thought about going the other way too. Did you think about going the other I way? Did Just think do about it because yeah, he was gonna he would definitely be gone by next pick. So do it. All right, two point oh six. I'm gonna go ahead and pick the national championship Heisman winning trophy, trophy winning Joe Burrow, quarterback LSU. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much deeper we have to go into it other than yeah. he had one of the most prolific years ever uh, uh for, do you have the stats in front of you so yeah 5671 yards oh! passing 60 touchdowns to Unreal. only six well, interceptions well, how many touchdowns 60 touchdowns did you say 60 60 touchdowns he had, he had a 76.3 percent completion percentage wow that wet spot on, on my pants is not pee yeah so i mean uh, just one of the best seasons ever uh that you're ever going to see out of a college quarterback and you know, at, at his size, six foot, he's like six foot five, like six foot four, two hundred eighteen pounds. Yeah, so uh, he's going to be a legitimate, you know, starting NFL quarterback as well. I mean, a lot of what he does transitions. He's already thrown into nice tight windows. There's, and he moves well too for being as big as really he is. Really well, and especially within the pocket, like he has a very good feel for the game and in, in the sense of, you know, okay, I have, I have two and a half seconds to get this ball out. If I don't, I know that I'm getting pressure from here and here based on, you know, like he's already thought through a lot of those things. You can tell he's very, very intelligent. Um, and he's able to just make the right movements, make the right steps. He's, he's real slippery in there. He's, he's tough to bring down. And, and, and the one thing that we don't talk about probably enough or that I don't think about enough when I'm evaluating quarterbacks is how fast do they process information? Yep. You know what I mean? And he seems to have one of those, one of the, the one Real of the quick, quick processors and he can see what's going on and, and really just digest it and, and go. He maneuvers that pocket so well. He is an NFL quarterback. I am so upset that my Cleveland Browns now are in a division where it's Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Ben Roethlisberger. Can you name a better division with a better set of quarterbacks? Nope. I mean, obviously Joe Burrow's not in the league yet, but I mean, we talked about him to start the show. He's my one-one hands down in Superflex, no matter what. This guy is an NFL quarterback, and not only is he extremely accurate, seventy-six point three percent on all that five thousand six hundred seventy-one yards. He did have four rushing touchdowns, so he had sixty-four total touchdowns. His mobility. Is like Wu Tang, ain't nothing to f with either, mm -mm. right? Because he's mobile. He is, he's a sneaky, that, dual threat running back. Three hundred sixty-eight yards rushing, and that was the reason I think I don't remember if it was on air or off air, but like it, it felt wrong to say it, but like my comp is is probably in the range of like Aaron Rodgers. Like he is mobile. He's very intelligent. He's bigger than Aaron Rodgers. He is bigger than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And you saw it on display in the national championship game beautifully. His deep ball is beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, and he's it's like got, me looking in the mirror. My wife doesn't watch much football, but she threw a deep ball to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chase. Yeah. And Jamar she was Chase. like, did he catch that? I'm like, yeah, dude, that was a perfectly thrown perfectly ball. Perfectly thrown. Oh, my God. Repeatedly. Yeah. He's just dropping dimes. And, and I mean, how often is it not absurd to compare somebody to 
one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in the past decade. Like usually like, it's like, okay, like settle down. Like Easy. don't talk about poor man. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I feel pretty good of saying yeah. like, I think he has a similar type game and I think he could end up being with, with similar production. He is hands down the one, one in Superflex yeah. rookie drafts. Good enough here. Where a lot of times we don't mention quarterbacks this high in regular drafts. Not normal. Let alone a deep draft. Right. I, I agree, Matt. I like this pick here because even though this is a one QB mock draft we're doing, Aaron Rodgers, those elite quarterbacks that put up those kind of numbers are the guy and the guys that can single handedly walk you to the playoffs. Well, you were you were like what really sold me on the fact that I wanted to take Justin Burrow there was when you when you picked Cole uh, Komet, you said, "What do I want? Like the sixth best wide receiver or the seventh best running back or the best tight end?" I was like, "You know, I want the best quarterback right now. <laughs> He's awesome. I, I really yeah. see all of his stuff translating, so of course and, I'm going to jump on it." And Garrett point. mentioned earlier how I came around the Joe Mixon love. He is going to do Joe Mixon is going to love Joe Burrow. Oh yeah. He is going to – Joe Mixon, with that offensive line, like you mentioned, the way he processes things, is going to get so many dump-off passes. You think Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 50 catches? Joe Mixon's going to have 65, 75 catches this year. Easy. They're going to they're gonna franchise tag A.J. Green. So he's got A.J. Green coming there to be that veteran for him. They got Tyler Boyd, who's look, you know pretty damn good, who signed his contract extension. Auden Tate looked good. Yep. prior to injury, and Joe Mixon. They just got to clean up that offensive line. Well, and they have their first-round pick from last year. Yeah, Jonas back. Williams coming back. So. They, got, they got a lot of work to still do there. They do. But this is really – the Bengals really lucked out. Again, for me as being a Browns fan, this just sucks because now, like, of course, like, we get a really good quarterback in my eyes. Like, everybody else gets really good quarterbacks too. NFL MVP and Lamar Jackson, you know, Joe Burrow, one of the best, you know, college years in history. Not, not one of. The best college yeah. year in the history of college fantasy football. Think about that, people. In in a super flex league or in a one QB league, you're getting one of the best college quarterbacks in the history of college football. The best performance ever in the SEC, nonetheless. He torched Clemson. Torched Oklahoma. Manhandled Alabama. Alabama, yeah. I mean, he did it to everyone. This guy is ready to come out and come out swinging. I love the pick at 2-6. I love ending the show there uh, at 2-6. Uh, we're going to pick back up right here at 2-7 with the Nerd Herd episode. Uh, again, if, if you're not a Nerd Herd member, there's no better time than now to join the Nerd Herd. We've got a couple of new tools lined up here that are going to be coming out uh, in the not-too-distant future that you're going to really enjoy. And I think the biggest selling point right now that we can sell you on, all these guys we're talking about in the film we're talking about, it's on the Dynasty Nerds film room. It's a tool in the Nerd Herd. So not only you get the extra episode – uh, a month, which is really crucial that for this point going all the way up to your rookie drafts where you're going to hear us literally break down every single player that's eligible for the NFL draft and give you our opinion on them and why you think they will be good fantasy players and not good fantasy players, you get to watch the film yourself. The Dynasty Nerd film room is worth the $2.99 a month by itself. Not only do you get to buy sell tool, not only do you get our exclusive rankings, which are updated every two weeks, and we got more things coming, it's, it's the best cup of coffee you'll ever buy in your entire life if you're a dynasty player if you're a casual player it's even better because we're doing all the work for you if you're a diehard dynasty player even better because we have all the film for you to do all your work we're a one-stop shop there we're not another we, we don't have youtube 
uh, links going here and there. You know, we got actual film made for you. DynastyNerds.com. Join the nerd today. It'll be the best decision you've ever made in your dynasty career. Just give it a try. I mean, three bucks to give it a try. And I promise you won't leave. Everybody's satisfied. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I don't know. It's my... I'm just going to say they are. Assume they are. <laughs> I so, haven't heard anyone complain. I'm sure some people have signed up like, oh, what is this? Film. Okay. No. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in there. And we have a new rookie profile pages coming out that are really look, They're gonna be look sweet. really nice. We have a lot of things. Yeah, those things look clean on. and nice, man. Those things look really I'm good. I'm excited about that. Yeah. There's so, going to be so much information on those pages. Mm-hmm. Like, you think you have info now. Just just wait. Yeah. The the, the nerd hurt stuff. Even nerd hurt members. Like, you should be excited for what's coming here in the next couple months that we have our developers and our designers building. And it's all kind of coming together here at once we're, we're working our, we're working our butts off we, we we're hustling every day we're hustling every day and then, you know and, and again you, you know just if you enjoy dynasty it's just a good way to support dynasty fantasy football for three bucks a month there we'll promise we'll help you out doesn't mean we'll be right all the time but we're going to make you a better dynasty player for it uh in the meantime meantime too we also have new merchandise on the website we have a whole kinds of new nerd herd stuff on there and you know hats i ordered me myself a hat a hoodie and I stuff need like to get that a couple things uh so they're on there now check it out there's a lot of new stuff i think you're underselling that a little bit there's a ton of new stuff a ton of new stuff we got hoodies we got hats we got shirts long sleeve short sleeve like there's a lot of jackets. Stuff. I think there's some three quarter sleeves in there. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any type of sleeve you like, uh-huh. we got it. And then, of course, if you love the podcast or even mildly enjoy the podcast, uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Yep. We appreciate it. We're at 978 reviews I checked today before the podcast. 978. Thank you guys all so much for that. But the way I look at it is we're 22 away from 1,000 reviews. We don't have any ratings in 2020 yet, do we? You could be the first one. No, to we rate do. Some tur- some some turd uh, left us a one star review and said in twenty twenty that was yeah, our only one he, in twenty twenty. No, we have a couple, but he said, uh, "What did he say? Oh, don't listen to their advice. They told me to take Laquan Treadwell over Derrick Henry." <laughs> all right, what about all the good players we told you to take over the bad players? Whatever, it's uh, trolls. Uh, <laughs> but we're twenty two, and we're like we always said when we get to a thousand, we'll do a couple giveaways. So maybe absolutely we'll give out some. Uh, you know, we'll give out some free year. How about we give out some free? How about we give out free, a couple year memberships, a couple mm-hmm. monthly memberships, and a couple things of swag, a couple yeah, t-shirts, sure. and whatnot. We get to a thousand. So, uh, best way to say thank you for all your support over the last six years, and uh, it's just really cool. It's just a, you know, it's all arbitrary. It's just a number, but it's one more zero. It sure is. So it's twenty four digits after that, my friend. I just need out of all the thousands of people that listen, out of the thousands of people out there, I just need twenty two you to hop on your. Uh, your mom's iPhone, your uncle's iPhone, steal from your little steal, brother, sister. Steal from grandma. That's fine. Yeah. Grandma won't even Why know. Why do these people not have iPhones? Yeah. Yeah. If you have a droid, that's good hip. Uh, <laughs> iTunes. In the meantime, we'll be back next week. And Nerd Herd members, we'll talk to you real soon. Have a good one. Adios. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.